Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. Thank you for subscribing and leaving the five-star reviews. I totally appreciate it and love it. Thank you. The quote of the day today is, success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts, and that is by Winston Churchill. We're going to introduce our amazing guest today. From beauty pageants to black eyes, Misty Lane went from becoming a prominent surgeon to facing 40 years in prison after her horrific cocaine addiction forced her to rock bottom, where she took the life of another. In prison, she found strength in writing and developed a four-step cope equals hope method, which walks you through releasing toxic guilt, shame, and anger. And she believes self-forgiveness and love is the key to true joy and inner peace, not depending on others for validation. After her prison release, she humbly rebuilt a career in nuclear medicine and speaks fervently with passion to finally shout to the world her raw truth of ugly, dark secrets she spent so many years hiding. Her mission for you is simple. Find love and be yourself. Pull yourself up. And so I am super, super excited to introduce Misty Lane to you today. Welcome, Misty. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what's the message you're wanting the world to hear right now? Hi, well, my name is Misty, like you said, and I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I've just gone through, you know, life happens to all of us. We've all got our, our things we've been through in life. And I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to have found my way out of it and get out of it and come out a winner. And I'm just um, excited about it and ready to share with the world so that we can start educating people and judge less and mentor more because that's what it's all about. That is definitely what it's all about. Now, I know you have a um, an incredible story uh, filled with fear and pain, but also ultimately, you know, beauty and success and learning and and like you said, raw truth and love. So could you just share a, a little bit of that story? I know it would take us four hours probably to go through most of it, but if you can share a little bit so people can get a, an idea of your background, okay? Sure. I grew up in a pretty, pretty, um, pretty typical family. I mean, I was pretty competitive, aggressive. I was involved in everything from sports, music, dance, and I was in the beauty pageant system in Texas growing up, and I learned very early in life the power that winning gave me. And I used that power and it catapulted me throughout the rest of my life on everything. The only problem with that is when I didn't win, I internalized everything as a failure. So it was a very huge contrast for me. Mm -hmm. I married my high school. I'm sorry. I married my college sweetheart. We started our family pretty young. Um, I knew I wanted to be a surgeon. I was on my path. Um, started having, you know, we had two daughters together. And after 10 years, right after I'd gotten accepted into medical school, I found out that he had gotten a woman pregnant and there'd been some adultery going on and it devastated me. It broke my heart more than anything. And I was pretty angry to find out that the, the life I had lived was a lie. It wasn't even real. And I thought it was so perfect. Um, with that, you know, I went on this journey to find 
some kind of validation that it wasn't my fault because I internalized it thinking I wasn't good enough. It must've been my fault. I wasn't pretty enough, smart enough. There was a reason he cheated. So I went on a quest to find loyalty and to find any kind of validation from any, any man that was willing to give it to me. I ended up with someone that was on cocaine and at a vulnerable time in my life, I chose, I would never blame anyone else. I chose to try a line of cocaine at 31 years old. And I didn't respect that moment of choice. And um, that's what I, I am so passionate about education for, because we have to learn to respect our moments of choice. Those choices become our lifetime of decisions. So that started a cocaine addiction, which progressed into a crack cocaine addiction. Um, and with that comes so, so, so much. Um, I ended up in a domestic abuse relationship. I'd never been around that before. And to go from this woman that, you know, had been honored and crowned and had all this respect to go from this, this woman that was scared to speak my mind or hide behind a car in a parking lot because of the way he talked to me, I was ashamed and embarrassed by it. It, it was like I was completely lost, didn't know who I was. My family didn't recognize who I was. Um, it, it was just, it was a sad situation. And yeah. we ended up getting, we, we separated several times. Um, try to get away from him and he would use scripture always pull me back uh, he would become a new man he was you know God's new creation and I fell for it every time and what finally got us apart was a physical separation um, incarceration we had gotten both gone, gone to jail when they came to our house and, and busted us for some stuff we had done with some checks and he got extradited to another state I bonded out and that's when that's when it all came down. Um, I bonded out of jail. I thought I was strong enough to go meet my bondsman by myself um, and be able to stay strong and stay off the drugs. I went back to my house to check on it. The cops had left the crack cocaine, the pipe, the lighter, everything right on my counter in my bathroom. So I immediately started smoking it right again. And that led me to a four-day, what we call a mission, where I was just 24-7 smoking crack just out there. I picked up two girls to help me score some, some dope in a town I didn't know. And they decided I was an easy target and they tried to rob me. They punched me in the face, broke my glasses. I sped my car, you know, down the road to try to escape. They threw a brick at me. I swerved, lost control of my car. I ran into a parked vehicle, which in turn struck a woman that was standing in her yard and knocked under her house and it killed her. Mm. So I woke up. Yeah. And I had, I didn't see her. I couldn't have stopped my car if I had, she was on the other side of a parked vehicle that I hit. But when I tell you, I woke up in jail feeling guilty with every single breath that I took because not only did I not feel I deserved to live at that point, I didn't know if I wanted to live or even how to live without the cocaine in my system. This has been a 10 year addiction I had been in. So everything had come crashing down on me and I was facing a 40 year vehicular homicide sentence and my life I just thought was over at that point um my daughter my oldest daughter wrote me a letter she was 18 at the time I had just missed her high school graduation but you know my kids they loved me through everything I'm just so blessed she said mama you have to forgive yourself this was an accident you've got to let it go you've got to know you're forgiven you got to write down all those things that haunt you when you lay down at night and pray over them and let them go, give them away. So I took my daughter's advice and I did that. And I looked in the mirror in my jail cell and I said, okay, 
Here you sit, Misty, with yet another choice. Are you going to let this kill you too? Are you going to pull yourself up, do the work you have to do, and go home and be a mother to your kids? Mm -hmm. And so I decided that I wanted to live. I decided that day that I wanted to be present. And I just used writing. Writing became my therapy. I didn't set out to write a book. I didn't have an outline. I just got a I ordered a pad from commissary and some pens and I just started writing and it all came out. And um, I got very, very, again, another blessing came my way when my prosecutor got wind of my, my story I had written and came and visited me. And he saw that the drugs had taken me down and he went to the judge and got my sentence reduced to a negligent homicide, which is an accidental death. And it was a five-year versus a 40-year sentence. So I did two okay. and a half just, years of action. I, I yeah. just want to point out that it's your prosecutor, which is not yes. common. No, <laughs> yeah, not common at all. I'm telling you, I've been blessed from day one. I really feel I was hand-chosen for this journey. I do. I believe it in my heart because I used to be a judgmental, very entitled you know, spoiled, just kind of spoiled, just just didn't really appreciate much in the world because I, I kind of was given everything. And now I am, I see world, the world completely differently. I have empathy and compassion that I would have never had before. And so I, I do believe in my heart, I was hand chosen for this journey and I feel blessed by it because angels have protected me. I'm telling you every step of the way. So I, I got out. I was able to rebuild my life. I had gotten a nuclear medicine degree prior to getting into medical school. That charge being reduced saved my medical license because it went from a violent crime to a nonviolent crime. So yet again, another blessing. So I was able to rebuild and reestablish my name in nuclear medicine. And then my daughter, the same, my oldest daughter, Lauren, same daughter called and said, after waiting nine years, her and her husband were pregnant with my first grandbaby. And I had married her dad on September 18th. I got in the wreck and the lady died on September the 18th. And now she's due with my first, first grandbaby on September the 18th. Wow. <clears throat> what a miracle, right? Everything's beautiful. And Eliana was born with an oxygen deprivation. There was an issue getting her through the birth canal. So my grandbaby is severely brain damaged. She's blind. She's deaf. She can't suck or cry. Um, she has a feeding tube and she can't hold her body temperature. She goes down to 93 degrees like it's nothing. So the first couple of months of her life, I felt disconnected and guilty like like I had caused that. Like that, that was my punishment, that that was my fault from everything I had done, that that, that was because of me. And that's when I realized that, number one, God, I know and love doesn't work like that. And number two... Is I remembered them telling me in rehab that only 3% of us were going to make it to the other side of that addiction. And I realized that I was standing there, a 3%er. At that point, I had nine years I had stayed away. And I was proud and I felt this sense of power come back over me again that I hadn't felt in years. And I realized right then I had an obligation to go out and set others free because our past holds us, they, it holds us hostage in our own jail. And I realized that through transparency and speaking raw truth about the things that really go on on the streets with addiction, the things that really go on with domestic abuse, that I could help educate people and maybe prevent them from finding themselves in the same position. Because Heather, nobody else needs to die. We need to educate. 
That's right. And that's, that's where right. I am today. And I went back and I revisited my book. It was written dark with anger and blame. I rewrote it 12 years later with accountability and forgiveness, developed the cope method, and it made bestseller. And that's what I'm out doing now. I'm out speaking all over and just trying to raise awareness and, and educate. That's beautiful. You know, Misty, it is, I believe very strongly how important it is to to, you know, to learn the lesson and share the message. And that's exactly what you're doing. Can you tell us about the, uh, the four-step uh, cope equals hope method? Is there, you know, can you share that with the listeners? Sure. So it kind of developed itself when people were asking, what'd you do? How'd you do it? What'd you do? And I, it just kind of came out of me like this. So the C is for confront, because I feel you have to confront your fears. And I believe part of my fears was going to all those people that I had hurt and admitting I'd hurt them and asking them to forgive me because I did a lot of bad to a lot of people during my addiction. So I, I encourage that you write down and you confront every step of this, by the way, is physical writing, not voice recording, not typing. I believe the therapy comes from the pen, the stroking on the paper is where I believe it happens. So mm-hmm. I, I'm all about the writing. So you confront those fears. You go to the people you've hurt. You ask for forgiveness. And on top of that, you really evaluate the people that have hurt you and you find it in your heart to forgive them. You can't ask someone to forgive you if you're unforgiving of others. Exactly. That's confront. The O is to optimize. We have to optimize from our experiences, realizing that now that we've gone through them and survived them, we've become an authority on that experience. So now we have an obligation to go out and use those experiences to share with other people so that they can become educated. The P is to push through because once you've started doing all this healing and all this work, you're going to have a lot of negative, negative, um, negative entities, I guess, come at you. Like whether it be your family, your friends, a lot of people, they sometimes when people see others rising up out of jealousy or out of envy or whatever motivates them, sometimes it makes them feel better to tear us back down because misery loves company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Misery loves company. So this is a really, this is a really vital step is to push through all of that, know your goal, know your direction and push through the guilt of it because you are different now. You're better. You've, you've learned your lesson from it. You've, you've made a better version of yourself. And then that's where the E comes in. You have to embrace the new you, the beautiful person that you've become on the other side and embrace it and love yourself for everything. Love yourself for what you went through and love yourself for what you're doing about it. That's fantastic. And those equal hope, right? Yes. Cope equals hope. That's fantastic. Now, um, when you started, well, actually, you know what, let's go back for a minute because you said that you wrote the book while you were in jail and then years later you rewrote it. And I love that because, you know, you could have just gone ahead with the first version, right? Wait, like a lot of people do, but I think the biggest part of you coming up with this great uh, method and and these ideas that are inspiring others has to do with the fact that you took responsibility and you changed the the slant of it to, you know, to own it, right? So it, is that why you waited? Like what what made you wait so long to publish your book? No, honestly, what made me wait because I really hadn't given it a lot of thought about the tone of the book at the time, but I was just too afraid. I, I had fear, so much fear of judgment. 
you know, I had rebuilt my life. So the people that knew me now didn't know about that Misty before. And I was too fearful. I was too ashamed of that person. So I didn't want anyone to know. And like I said, that until my grandbaby was born and I realized what a hostage my past was holding me. And then I, I knew other people had to be facing the same kind of fear. And that's when I decided to go back. And I, I actually had some people wanted me to release the original version because it's very, 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 very raw. But I looked at it as if, if, if my goal here is to help people, just having emotional vomit on paper isn't going to help anybody because we all have our stories. It was what we do with the lesson that I felt the book had, had to have an inspirational angle to it. So that's why I chose to rewrite it. Yeah, I think that that was a great idea because, you know, to be able to see all of that, that raw um, pain and suffering, but then to be able to lift up and find the inspiration in it, that's moving from fear to fire and you're demonstrating it, not just not just talking about it. You've been demonstrating it in your actions, right? Thank you. Now. Let me ask you, you're involved in this competition, um, Next Impactor Competition. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that and, and how we might be able to support you in this? Absolutely. So you can find out information at thenextimpactor.com. This is the first inaugural season of the show. It is um, a worldwide platform for people like me that have a message that that want to get the message out to the world. My message is one of transparency. Um, to be able to to get the message out there, we've got coaches that have volunteered their time to teach us things about philanthropy work, how to give in order to receive, which I never really understood that principle until I was taught how to use it. And you become rich, and I don't mean with money. I mean, when you give to others, you become so rich and spirit and love and just awareness. It's amazing. So this platform not only gives us a, a chance to go out and, and, and say what we want to the world, but also we're being taught and shaped and molded how to most effectively use our time to get our message out there. On August 30th, there will be a winner. The very first Next Impact will be crowned with a $500,000 media package to catapult our message to the world, a published mm -hmm. book deal, our own TV show, uh, international magazine cover. I mean, there's in thousands of dollars worth of coaching comes with it. So I am in it to win it because I am all about transparency. I founded the transparency movement because I believe that we have to be that one to step up in our raw truth to educate so we can judge less and mentor more. That's yes. And if you want to, yes. And if you want to support transparency because transparency is necessary then you can go to my website, which is mistylane.com. There'll be a pop-up. The first thing you see is vote for Misty. And what, the way we do that is I have been supporting a nonprofit called Disabled, but not really, um, throughout this competition. And my, you know, we have to show that we can make an impact. Part of me making an impact is to raise money for a nonprofit. So mm -hmm. every dollar that I personally raise for this nonprofit, I get a vote for. The winner is announced strictly on votes from people out in the world, just mm -hmm. strictly by vote. The coaches at this, we've been narrowed down from 200. Now we're down to the top 25. Our coaches had a lot to do in that judging and that picking selection. Now it's up to the world to say mm -hmm. who's, who's the best impactor, who's best getting their message out there, who has the best message. 
So that's the best way you can help me, or you can go to thenextimpactor.com, scroll to my picture and click on that. But my website's the easiest, I believe. If you just go straight there, you can donate to that nonprofit, disabled but not really. And every dollar that I raise on that link, I get a vote for it. That's great. You know what? I want to take a moment and and spell your site for people because it's not a, necessarily a traditional spelling. So it's M I S T I E L A Y N E dot com. And Misty has been kind enough to offer a gift to the From Fear to Fire listeners. And it is a free toxic dump writing guide available if you email toxic to Misty Lane at mistylane.com. She will send that free guide to you. So thank you for that, Misty. Um, what can you what can you say is like there's so much that has gone on for you and so much learning. What do you think was the biggest impact on making this shift for you? I mean, it seems like there's so many. How do you how do you figure that out? Um, I think the shift came for me in realizing that I was letting fear of my past rob me of my future. Mm. And I needed I needed to change that. And in order to change that, I had to get really personal with myself on self-forgiveness. Self-forgiveness was huge for me. Yeah. So learning learning who Misty was again, the new Misty, the improved Misty, um, loving that person, embracing that person and forgiving that person. That's where the shift came for me. And I think that um, that's a great lesson for everyone listening, whether the challenges that you're facing out there are, you know, big or small or somewhere in the middle, consistent, you know, fleeting. Uh, that is a great lesson to take away that we need to love and honor who we are and to be able to move through the challenges, through the fear and be able to pick yourself up and keep going and um, keep serving, right? Yes. And, you know, one further step into that is I think that people in general as a whole, we are just, I think we're starving for authenticity. We're starving for real people. I know I am tired of seeing everyone try to keep up with everyone else, posting the fake pictures, leaning against somebody else's porch or standing <laughs> on the steps of someone else's mansion. I mean, you know, who can keep up with that that's not even real? I mean, there there's great success, success stories, but in those success stories, there's so many failures that we mm-hmm. aren't telling about. So when the normal everyday person goes out and has a failure, they, they feel they're never going to measure up because the, if we just if we just promote the failure as we do the success, people know that they're normal, human. We're not alone in our failures because the failure is where success comes from. You know, it, you had to fail to get there. So I think just more authenticity about you know who we are, who we really are, instead of who we're trying to pretend we are, is yeah. what people want. And that's what I'm here to do. That's what the Transparency is Necessary movement is all about. I think you know, that's imagine, super important. Imagine, Go ahead. It is. Now, mm-hmm. so imagine a world, Heather, where you've got teenage girls that get pregnant that because of transparency now can go talk to their parents instead of running to an abortion clinic and at least say, 
without fear of judgment, hey, what are my options? Instead of thinking their only option is abortion. Or imagine a world where our teens that are suicidal feel they're alone because they have these horrible thoughts. And if the world was transparent, they would have other teens that have the same thoughts and then they could say, I'm not alone. I'm not a monster. Other people feel this way too. Maybe I can just get some help instead of jumping off a bridge. I mean, transparency is necessary in the workplace, in your personal life, in your relationships, in everything. I just, I'm all about it. <laughs> I can, I can feel your passion coming through yes. <laughs> and I, and I believe very strongly in the words that you're saying. And I am certain that you are going to uh, touch our listeners uh, today. And uh, I'm going to just repeat for those listeners out there, the website so that they can get some more information about you. It's mistylane.com. M-I-S-T-I-E-L-A-Y-N-E.com. And what's the website, again, for the, if they want to vote? They can go straight through my, the same website, mistylane.com. There's a pop-up oh, okay. as soon as they get there. Or they can go to thenextimpactor.com and click on my picture. Perfect. Perfect. And guys, don't forget to um, to email Misty and ask for that free toxic dump writing guide. I, I just have to ask it. You know, that just sounds that sounds awesome. <laughs> it sounds awesome. So, I mean, how like that just sounds like such a relief, right? You're just getting out all of the stuff. Right? It, it, is. It, it is. What it is, is it's a timed exercise because this is what my daughter, you know, here my 18 year old was parenting me while I was sitting in jail. So she had me write down all those things, like I said, and pray and get them, get them out of me. And what that did is when I wrote them down, physically did it, it lowered that shield of pain mm-hmm. far enough down to where I could look inside and see where I was hurting and needed to do the work. See, I had so much anger and guilt that was hiding everything. See, from way back when I was a teenager, when going through the pageant system, always having that perfectionism, I started using Little Debbie zebra cakes. That was my first addiction. I mean, there was a void there that I was trying to fill up by eating, eating, eating. So addictions are just filling a void. And I feel like once we can lower that wall of shame, I call it the wall of shame. Once that that toxic dump can get the wall of shame to come down, you can identify the void and then start the work. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, I want to point something out to you, Misty, that I'm hoping that you do know now is that you uh, you created this daughter that was parenting you and you taught her even in your darkest moments you taught her enough to be able to teach you back and that's a gift and you need to recognize that yeah she sounds like a, a beautiful person but I want you to remember that she came from you right thank you thank you and I say when I speak I say it over and over Everything that I drug my kids through, it made them strong, independent, and resilient. And I'm telling you, she is a superhero to have a disabled baby that's 24-7 care. Mm. She loves her and doesn't, I mean, she treats her no different no matter what. Being blind and deaf, she never gets anything back, any kind of, you know, nothing back from her ever. But she Mm. just sits and loves her like no other and you know, and all three of my kids are wonderful. My other daughter, Amber, she's doing her PhD for nurse anesthetist for anesthesia. My mm-hmm. son's 19. He's starting college this year. He's he's a speaker also. He started speaking this year about his choices in life, how 
his dad was my drug dealer. I mean, oh. his dad was my abuser. And he just never known his dad. His dad's never really been a part of his life, but he did not let that dictate who he was supposed to be. He mm -hmm. went out and made his own choices in life. So I'm blessed beyond measure that, like I said, I feel from the beginning I was chosen and I'm ready to step into the shoes and fulfill them. That's fantastic, Misty. And, and we're behind you and we appreciate you so much coming on Thank and you. sharing the message with the From Fear to Fire listeners today. Really appreciate your time and good luck on your competition. Thank you. And if anyone wants my book, it's called What Goes Up. You can get it on Amazon, my website or any of the bookstores. And I just recently found out Walmart has bought my book and Target oh, has it all. Good. Yeah. So it's What Goes Up. That's fantastic. And they could probably find that on your website, too, I imagine, right? Yes. Yes. Great. Yes. Great. Thank you, Misty. Thank you for having me. All right. You have a wonderful day. You take care. You too, Heather. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.